you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Central, along with Vince Imperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, how was your day? Jeff, my day was, it was a Wednesday, and it was just a regular, normal Wednesday but I get to talk to you at the end of the day, so it's turned out to be a nice Wednesday now. Well, good. Uh, I, I'm glad that I can make your gray skies clear up and you put on a happy face. That's from the musical Bye Bye Birdie. So, um, Anyway, today we're going to talk about a little bit of news in Dodgerland regarding minor league affiliates, regarding the all-MLB team. And then we're going to talk about just what the Dodgers rotation might look like in a couple years uh, based on a, a trade proposal that maybe a lot of you saw on Twitter and uh, just kind of talk about what that ro- the future of the Dodgers rotation looks like. But first, we want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. All right, first, uh, some sad news that we, we neglected to talk about yesterday. Um, just a few days after one legendary Dodger scout died. Unfortunately, another Dodger scout passed away from COVID the other day. This one much younger and uh, never really got the chance to become legend, legendary. Jairo Castillo was, I believe he's only 31 years old. And uh, he was a, a cross checker in the Dominican, I think, for the Dodgers. Uh, and yeah, obviously any... Any death related to COVID is sad, and any death related to the Dodgers is sad. I mean, death is sad. That's the nature of death. And so it was, uh, when it's a 31-year-old, that's uh, that's roughly your age, Vince, and uh, that's not cool. And so our thoughts go out to the family of Jairo Castillo. It's, uh, it's a pretty devastating thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the age thing is kind of what hits you. You know, I'm about to turn 30 in a, in a couple months, and he's just 31. So it's a sad thing overall. Like I said, prayers and thoughts and, and positive positivity to his family. Uh, in more positive news, the all-MLB team was announced on Wednesday, and Mookie Betts, not surprisingly, was first team all-MLB. And two Dodgers were second team, Clayton Kershaw and Corey Seager. Uh, really not many surprises there. Uh, I, I guess maybe we weren't sure if Kershaw would show up on the list. Uh, but Seager and Betts looked like locks going in. And so did anything surprise you or not surprise you, Vince? No, no surprises, at least on the Dodgers end. I honestly haven't even looked at the whole team. I think it's going to take a little while for all MLB to become a thing similar to all pro and NFL and all NBA team. I like the fact that they did it though. And we'll just see if it continues to grow, but Hey, for the Dodgers, they were tied for second most players uh, in total with three. It'll be interesting to see how the how many Dodgers are on the MLB, all MLB team every year. 
Yeah, uh, one interesting thing related to the Dodgers a little bit is that the first team left side of the infield was the two Padres, Tatis and Machado. Uh, obviously, Tatis is up and coming, and the Padres are hoping that Machado is just entering his prime because he signed for a long time. Uh, but they were both very good this year, so uh, neither of those are surprising. I, I know d people with Dodger glasses on often, I, I see them say that Seager was better than Tatis this year. And, uh, you know, for me, Tatis seemed like the right choice. Seager, uh, I, I don't even know. I Like, I'm very happy having Corey Seager as our shortstop, obviously. Uh, and I don't know that I would trade him straight up for Tatis, but I do think Tatis had the slightly better year this year. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me was the drop-off in outfield quality from first team to second team. The first team was Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Juan Soto, all three of whom are outstanding somewhere between already Hall of Famers and on a clear path to the Hall of Fame. And then the second team was Ronald Acuna, who's very good, Mike Yastrzemski, who uh, is Mike Yastrzemski, and Michael Comforto, who is apparently still in the big leagues. So that was uh, an interesting drop-off, and, and I, I'm sure Michael Comforto must have had a good season, and with the Dodgers not playing anybody in the East during the regular season, I just didn't see Comforto play all year. Uh, but yeah, I if I had had to guess who, who will be the, the six all-MLB outfielders, I don't know that Conforto's name ever would have crossed my lips. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, Mike Yastrzemski had a good season for the Giants. I know. I think this is somewhat based on fan voting, so maybe, you know, those fans stuffed the ballots a little bit. I'm not – honestly, this was one of those years where the only baseball I really watched was Dodger baseball, so I really don't know who was that great in the other leagues or other divisions. Yeah, 50% of the voting was from fans and 50% from a panel of experts. So – uh, yeah, you, you get some aspect of the all-star game here and some aspect of actually the best players. So uh, the, the other thing that was interesting was uh, Liam Hendricks and Nick Anderson were the first team relief pitchers and Devin Williams definitely would have bumped one of them for me. He was second team, but uh, he definitely would have been first team for me. Um, last bit of news is the minor league affiliates were for the most part, announced. Uh, it, technically, Major League teams extended invitation to minor league affiliates. And uh, as far as I know, all four of the Dodgers affiliates have accepted. I haven't seen anything official from Oklahoma City, but I might have just missed it. Uh, and there, it doesn't seem likely they would turn it down anyway. So uh, we knew that the, the team in Ogden here in Utah was going away. Uh, beyond that, the Dodgers are keeping the same for other affiliates, although there is a swap of classification. Uh, Great Lakes will now be the high A team and Rancho Cucamonga will be the low A team, whereas it had been switched. There had been talk that the Dodgers high A team might be in Spokane, Washington. That ended up not being the case. And so really this, for the Do as far as the Dodgers are concerned anyway, uh, this is news, but also uh, not news because nothing is really changing. Yeah, not too much change and not too much from what we already knew. The Spokane rumor was kind of debunked the same day that it appeared. So, yeah, I mean, it like you, we had talked about this on that previous episode. They might lose a little star power in the long run, at least here for the 
for the other Southern California team and the Quakes, just because if, like you had mentioned, some guys skip low A and go straight to high A. But either way, it's nice that the Quakes still have a team. And uh, all around, the Dodgers keep their affiliates, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, it sucks that we lost 40 minor league teams in a sense. Some are being reassigned to this new college prospect league that MLB is trying to start. But in the end, it's probably a sad day for a few people from those 40 teams yeah for sure uh you know we lost two teams here in utah and that's uh something we feel we still have the angels triple a team in salt lake but uh one of the things that we'll probably still say the same with rancho cucamonga rancho cucamonga remaining affiliated with the dodgers that probably will still be the go-to spot for rehab stints just because the other three teams are all very far from los angeles two in oklahoma and one in michigan and and so Cucamonga will remain the place where when a pitcher needs to go make a rehab start or whatever, that will be the destination most of the time, uh, which is honestly one of the coolest things about Rancho Cucamonga is being the Dodgers affiliate is seeing those big leaguers play there. I, I've seen Clayton Kershaw on your eighth year, uh, a few guys like that rehabbing there, and, and that's always fun. So that probably won't change. Um that will that wraps up the news portion in a minute we will come back and talk about what the future of the Dodgers rotation looks like based on a trade rumor we saw so keep it locked on Dodgers all right it is time for our obscure former Dodger and I'm cheating a little bit but not too much um with the announcement that Great Lakes will continue to be affiliated with the Dodgers I was looking through the the history of Great Lakes as it's been a Dodgers affiliate. Like I said, it's been the low A team for a long time. And I was looking at the 2013 Great Lakes Loons, which uh, only had a few guys who ended up in the big leagues. Uh, but one of those was Corey Seager. He had 312 plate appearances that year uh, with Great Lakes. Uh, the other guys who made the big leagues with the Dodgers, Carlos Frias and Julio Urias. Uh, everybody else they had a couple other guys who made the big leagues with other teams, but the manager of that team was Razor Shines. Now, Razor Shines did play in the big leagues. He never played for the Dodgers, so I'm cheating a little bit, but he has been a, a manager in the Dodgers organization, and Razor Shines is one of my favorite players. I even named a car after him one time. Uh, my car actually had two names. Uh, he was named after Shooty Babbitt and Razor Shines, uh, both guys from the early 80s whose names I liked. And Razor Shines played four years with the Expos. And uh, you would think that Razor was a nickname. But Razor was actually his given middle name. His given name is Anthony Razor Shines. And on Baseball Reference, his nickname is Ray. So, hey, your name is Razor. What's your nickname? Ray. Uh, and according to Razor Shines, Razor was actually a a family name. So apparently somebody else had been named Razor and he was named after them. And so he uh, he was never much of a ball player, which is why he only played four seasons. He In his four years, he got a total of 88 plate appearances and had an OPS plus of 25, which means he was 75% worse than the average ball player. He had a slugging percentage below 200. Uh, he had, uh, of his 15 career hits, he had one double and that was the only extra base hit. And uh, yeah, not much to write home about and uh, played his whole career in the Expos organization, but then later was 
a manager in the Dodgers organization. So Razor Shines is my obscure former kind of Dodger for today. You have any Razor Shines thoughts? No Razor Shines thoughts, but the way the rate we're going about it, you know, by next year we probably will have an obscure former in the Dodger organization rather than just your former Dodger. Well, I almost went even further than Razor Shines today, and I'm not going to tell you who I almost did because I may do it sometime. Um, but, uh, you know, it was uh, the brother-in-law of a former Dodger I almost went with. So uh, we, we are maybe scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit on these obscure former Dodgers. So there was a trade rumor or a trade proposition on some website that uh, dodgersway.com, I think is what it was. And it, you know, being on a Dodgers website, you would think it would be written from a Dodgers perspective. Uh, the guy who wrote the article is not a guy I'd ever heard of. And I've heard that maybe he's a Yankees fan. And so that might explain this trade proposal. Uh, it, he threw out the idea of Adam Ottavino and Glaber Torres going from the Yankees to the Dodgers for Gavin Lux and either Dustin May or Julio Urias. And uh, basically, and the headline was, would the Dodgers go for this trade? And if you just look at like future value, um, it, it's definitely not a trade the Dodgers would go for. Gavin Lux by himself is worth roughly the same future value as Glaber Torres. And then you have Julio or May, who both have pretty high uh, future value, versus Adam Ottavino, who has negative future value between his contract, his age, his role, all that. So it doesn't make sense. You know, uh, uh, Glaber Torres for Gavin Lux straight up trade would make more sense. But even then, it doesn't seem likely. But one of the points made in the article was that with Josiah Gray coming up soon, Mitch White knocking on the door. You know, the Dodgers have pitching in the pipeline, and they already have six starting pitchers uh, lined up for 2021. Um, you know, and, and so basically the, the point was the Dodgers can part with one of these pitchers. And I agree with the concept that they could. Doesn't mean that they should just throw in those pitchers as throw-ins for a trade so that the Yankees will include the corpse of Adam Ottavino. But, uh it got me thinking about the future of the Dodgers rotation and uh, you know, 2021 will be interesting, but I, I thought we'd talk a little bit Vince about the 2022 rotation because five of the six guys who are currently the, their current starting pitchers will still be under contract. The one who won't be is Clayton Kershaw and it wouldn't be surprising at all if Kershaw was back in 2022. Uh, I hope he will be, I hope he will sign another extension, you know, maybe the, Average annual value goes down a little bit or something, but uh, I'd like, obviously, I want Clayton Kershaw to play his whole career in Dodger Blue. And so, uh, you know, there's there's a very real possibility that you could have the six guys they have right now, plus Josiah Gray and Mitch White and, you know, maybe Marshall Kosowski or, you know, any number of guys who are in the minor leagues. And, and so they may have to move some guys. So, uh what do you think, Vince? What do you think the ro the rotation in 2022 is going to look like? Or do you have any thoughts just on that overall concept of of rotation? And that's even if they don't sign a starter this offseason, too. Yeah, I mean, 2022 is so far away. So, And as we know with the Dodgers, that they could take in eight starting pitchers and end up still needing to call somebody up at some point. So with that being said, you know, 
it's going to be contingent on next season. David Price just doesn't have it. I can see the Dodgers just letting him go that last year. They only owe him half of the money that he's owed because the Red Sox are paying the other half. I could see them maybe trying to f- find any takers for him, even pay half or more than half of the of the rest of the money he's owed. Whatever it is, it's going to depend on how he does next year. Kershaw, the same thing. You know, We all want Kershaw to remain a Dodger for life. Uh, it's going to be kind of get to a point where Kershaw is like a three, four, five starter at some point in the future. Maybe not, but very much possible. So, you know, having him there, it wouldn't be the worst thing. And then the other young guys, you never know what's what's going to happen with some of these young guys. Dustin May, to be a, a certified, legit starter, still needs to find that third pitch in order to be able to be a guy that gets more than two times through a lineup. And who knows, with the way baseball is going, most starting pitchers, maybe they don't need to do that. They only need to get through two times through a lineup. And he can do that with the stuff he has now. But to kind of be that guy or a horse or an ace that can go a little bit deeper, he needs to find that third pitch. Walker Buehler seems pretty solidified as the Dodgers' number one for the next few years. Uh, there's you know, not too many pitchers above him and especially not above him that are available or available to trade. So it seems that he'd be a lock in there. Julio Urias, it's going to depend on what they want to do with him. He, he's definitely done pretty much everything you can do in a, in a pitching staff. And there was a note that they may want him as a closer. There's, you know, he could be a Josh Hader type. He could be a starter. There's just a lot going on. And then Tony Gonsolin's one I mentioned that, if they're going to make any trades for any upgrades and they need a starting pitcher, he might be the one to go. Uh, not based on anything more than he's probably the lowest ranked out of all those. And he's valuable to another team since he is already major league ready. So uh, a long-winded way to say that I think Kershaw will still be in the rotation along with Bueller and May and Julio. And then the fifth spot will be contingent upon if David Price is still good, if Josiah Gray steps up, I don't know if Mitchell White will have enough to kind of overtake all those other guys. Maybe he become one that gets traded, or you know he can be a, a guy that's kind of maybe a swing man or something of that to that extent, or somebody might get hurt. So I think it's gonna look similar to what it looks like now. Just it's gonna really depend on that fifth spot, or the at least the fifth spot. Maybe not in terms of the actual rotation, but just the fifth person right now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We've talked about this before, and, and a few people talked about it, but when the Cy Young finalists came out a few weeks ago, we talked about this, how crazy it is that the Dodgers still have, you know, quote-unquote, too many starting pitchers when in the last, you know, guys, in the last 14 months, they've had Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, Henjin Ryu, and Ross Stripling all starting games for them who are no longer in the organization, and those are good major league starters who have left and the Dodgers still have a ton of starters. Plus guys like Caleb Ferguson and Bruce Dargratterall who were starters and then became relievers, you know, so much uh, starting pitching. And, you know, when I think about Mitch White, I think Mitch White, like you said, is the most likely to get traded. Uh, I think he's, I don't think the Dodgers, I, I think Josiah Gray is probably approaching not untouchable status, but I think the Dodgers definitely want to see what Josiah Gray can do at the big league level. Uh, and so Mitch White is definitely one of those guys, I think, who would have a lot of value to uh, another team as a potential number two or three starter, whereas he there that role won't be available 
on the Dodgers, and so they may be, get, be able to get some value for him. Uh, you know, the the Kershaw question is something that I don't even like speculating on because it, the idea of Kershaw not being a Dodger makes me sad. Um, but now that they've won a World Series, and especially if they win it again in 2021, you know, it, we've talked about this before. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility for Kershaw to walk away after that, you know? Like walk away retire-wise. Yeah, I mean, he's shown a way different side of him the last few years after his kids are being born. He just had his third kid. You know, as much as the competitive fire is probably going to be there, if he does end up winning one or, or sticks around for maybe a couple more years and wins another one, you know, he could be one that's done fairly early compared to some others. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the way the game's going in general. You know, Kershaw would probably be able to figure it out and stick around. But it's just a matter of does he want to if he's already accomplished pretty much anything you can accomplish and he has three kids that are growing up. Yeah, the kids, the 300 million bucks in the bank account, the, you know, all the accolades. And, you know, we know that he has off field interests and passions. And so, yeah, uh, I, I definitely want Kershaw back for at least one more two or three year deal after this one expires, uh, even if he does end up the number five starter and, you know, I would be perfectly happy to watch a version of Clayton Kershaw that is not very good anymore, but still wearing number 22 for the Dodgers and being that the old sage, wise old man in the dugout, uh, you know, kind of like Rich Hill was. Uh, and, you know, that, that wouldn't make me sad at all. So I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, so Vince, if there if I if I looked at my crystal ball and I told you there is one person whose name we haven't said in this episode who is in the Dodgers rotation in 2022, who would it be? All right. This is just cuz I like him and I want to manifest and speak it into existence. So I'm going to go with Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, it would be Tomoyuki Sugano, the Japanese player who was just posted. You know, uh, I, I I keep thinking, what if the Dodgers, you know, they, they haven't, uh, they don't have any Asian pitchers left on their roster right now. Uh, Mitch White is Asian American, but actual guys from Asia and the Dodgers have, have a history of that. And he was just posted by uh, his team, the Yomiuri Giants. And it seems like he is very good. He's not, he's not young. He's 31 years old. But if the Dodgers uh, went after him, signed him to a three- or four-year contract, he would be in that rotation. And uh, that's not something that would make me very sad. He is, from what I can tell, obviously I'm not a big Japanese baseball expert, but uh, he seems like he's very good. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be guys from overseas, guys that end up signing and kind of flying through the ranks. I mean, nobody would have saw, not in the rotation, but nobody would have saw Victor Gonzalez coming. And there's a bunch of other other prospects the Dodgers have and you know maybe use some of those prospects to go out to go big big game hunting so it's it's always hard to predict the future especially in baseball and especially with the Dodgers uh the good news is we're here talking about the fact that the Dodgers in a way have too much talent and how are they going to deal with having too many guys for the roster spots available and uh Here's a little secret for you guys. Fans of most baseball teams don't currently have that problem. Uh, I, I have it on good authority that uh, 
Ben over there at Locked On Giants has spent a lot of time talking about uh, Tyler Anderson. Is that a guy who pitches for the Giants? Like he's done a couple full segments about Tyler Anderson. So uh, like generic white guy. Yeah, things could be worse. Hey, generic white guy is my nickname. Leave that alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, having this issue is definitely one of the great things about being a Dodger fan is having too much talent. And I, I expect that Andrew Friedman will continue to navigate this thing about as well as any general manager could and continue to put a pretty awesome team on the field. And that's good news for us. Yeah, always great. You have any final thoughts before we wrap up, Vince? One final thought, uh, just a shout out and kick over to Aram from Locked On MLB Prospects. He did a two-part rundown of the Dodgers farm system, answered a few questions, and talked about a lot of players, guys that you know we haven't really touched on too much. So if you want to get learn about more of the Dodgers prospects, go check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh, he has two parts of the Dodgers farm system. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. I meant to mention that. Uh, next week, we are going to have a couple episodes talking about baseball cards, Dodger baseball cards, and just baseball cards in general. Uh, I've got a few guests who are uh, big into the baseball card hobby and Dodger fans who are going to be coming on. And so if you have any thoughts or questions or uh, comments leading up to that, feel free to shoot those over to to me and we can uh we can be sure to cover those i'm probably going to be recording that uh those episodes this weekend sometime so get your thoughts over there if you have any specific questions or things you want us to talk about uh other than that thank you all for listening we appreciate it uh if you're not listening every day go ahead and add one more day a week to your rotation if you don't mind that would be awesome if you haven't subscribed yet please do that if you have apple podcasts even if you don't use it go ahead and subscribe there to help other people find us you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number is 323-863-LOCK-5625. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?